praise him for being the good, good father and for being perfect in all his ways and for calling us to go deeper still into our relationship with him. And may we find more depth in our relationship with him this morning as we look into his word. Uh, The very words of the Lord Jesus um, in Mark chapter 12. If you take your Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 12 as we continue to go through the life of Jesus as described to us uh, through Mark's gospel. Mark, one of the companions of the apostles, one of the guys who was, who was a frontliner. Uh, he wasn't one of, the, one of the 12 apostles, but he was with them um, during the ministry of Jesus and, and then also later um, through their work. And uh, he is uh, most likely telling us um, Peter's perspective uh, and experience in the life of Christ as he shares these things now with us. And we're in, in chapter 12, we're in the last week of the life of Christ. Um, That week between Palm Sunday when he entered into Jerusalem, victorious, receiving the praises of the people of Jerusalem uh, that came out to wave the palm branches and to lay their cloaks down as he came in. Then every day after that, he went uh, went into the city and taught the people, especially the teachers of the law. They They were confronting him. They were fighting against him. They were trying to belittle him. They were trying to discredit him. And he continued that through that entire week before he was arrested and then went to the cross later in that same week. So Mark chapter 12, starting with the 13th verse. Later, they, the the, uh, teachers of the law, the leaders of the religious um, movement in Jerusalem, later they sent some of the Pharisees and Herodians, lawyers, religious lawyers, to Jesus to catch him in his words. They're going to find that to be a big challenge. They came to him and said, Teacher, we know you are a man of integrity. Now they're saying this, but they don't mean it. You you aren't swayed by men because you pay no attention to who they are. But you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Well, they are laying it on really thick. And And they're right. Everything they're saying there is right. They just don't believe it. They're trying to trap him. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we? But Jesus knew their hypocrisy. Why are you trying to trap me? He asked. Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. I don't have a denarius. I've got a quarter. They brought the coin, and he asked them, Whose portrait is this? And whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then Jesus said to them, Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. And they were amazed. Now, last week, we were praising God for the country that we live in and the opportunities, the freedoms that we have. Today, we're finding out how we pay for it. We pay taxes. And we don't pay taxes to Caesar. We pay taxes to Uncle Sam, which is a, a lot different, a lot different. This coin has uh, George Washington's portrait on it, who we don't re- revere as a god, as the Romans did 
their emperors. In fact, ours is so different that ours says, in God we trust on it. So ours is a, ours is a completely different thing, but it's, just, it's still a good picture of what Jesus was using as an example to them to help them understand something a lot more important than paying taxes. You see, this passage isn't about paying taxes at all. Oh, it, it has that in it. He did want them and wants us to pay our taxes. His word is very clear about that. Now, why would they use this subject to try to trap Jesus? Because here Jesus is claiming to be the Messiah and being announced as the Messiah as he comes into town that, that earlier that week on that Sunday, uh, receiving the praises of people, acknowledging that he's God himself in the flesh, why would this discussion on taxes be a trap for him? Well, one of the things that the people were hoping for in the Messiah was freedom from Rome, and if they're free from Rome, guess what else they're free from? Paying taxes. Who likes to pay taxes? A child down here, a young man, raised his hand. He likes to. Just wait. One, one of the things that they were hoping for in the Messiah was that freedom. And here Jesus is helping them understand what real freedom is. He was helping them understand how to be free from greed, for one thing. Why, do, why were taxes bothering them? It wasn't that they just didn't want to pay Rome. Hey, we have a great country and we don't want to pay. Because we got other stuff we'd like to do with those quarters. And when he said to them, look at the coin. Whose inscription is that? Whose, whose pictures? Whose, whose face is on that? Whose image is on that? Caesar's. A ruler of this world, of the kingdoms of this world. That money belongs here. But you give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. And that was the end of it. But the most important part of what he said to them that day was what he didn't say. He expected these teachers of law, these religious lawyers, these, these people who knew the Old Testament well, he expected them to understand his point. Some of them probably didn't. So, some of them were probably truly amazed at what he said and, and, and were literally thinking about the impact of what he's explaining had on them. The scripture reading this morning that drew... Um, Pastor Field, um, thank you, Bill, thank you, Bill. Wherever you are, that was a, we'll remember that. Uh, Drew Porterfield read. How did God create Adam and Eve? In His own image. In His own image. Male and female, He created them both the male and the female, in the image of Almighty God. 
So if Caesar wants some money, got his face on it, give it to him. It's got his image on it. It belongs to him. But give to God what belongs to God. Who's that? What's that? It's not a measure of your money. It's a measure of you. It's a measure of me. What is God expecting from his people? And remember, the teachers of of the law, the the religious leaders of Israel, they didn't get it. They were missing the whole point. And this takes them right back to the basics of what God expects and why he expects it. What does God want? He wants us. We are the the only part of his creation that he made in his image. He expects us then to return us to him. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 12, take a moment and turn to Romans 12. He explains it like this. And this is the basis of his statement. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual worship or your reasonable service. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which we're doing this morning by looking into his word, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Offering our bodies made in the image of God to the one whose image we represent. We're different. We are are different from all the rest of creation because we are made in his image. Now, Adam and Eve, the, the originals, they sinned. And through them, sin entered into their line, and we're in their line. And so we are still the image of God, but we're tainted. We're tainted by a terrible sin nature. A nature that automatically wants us to do the wrong things. Everybody here this morning likes to do the wrong things. Now, different kinds of wrong things. We don't all like to do the same wrong thing, but all of us like to do wrong things. All of us are being led by our own sin natures, let alone the, the sin nature of other people, let alone the sin nature of Satan himself, but we're all being led to do the wrong things from inside. We're still in the image of God, but it's tainted by that sin nature and by the sins that we commit. But don't worry, as awful as that is, the good news, the gospel is that Jesus came to take care of that. 
Jesus came to forgive us of that and to change that, to give us a new image, a restoration of the image of God in us, to give us a new nature, to send his Holy Spirit, God himself, to live in us and to help us use these bodies, these minds, these opportunities, these relationships, these resources, to use them all for his glory. And so Paul sums it up like this. Offer yourself, your bodies, as living sacrifices to him. When you get up in the morning, remember, I'm his. I'm here for him. And I offer myself in a fresh way now today to live my life for your glory. Paying taxes, yeah, we got to pay taxes. Paying rent, paying mortgage, yeah, we got to pay it. But we offer to God what is God's, and that is us. Having to pay taxes to a bad government, and they really had a bad government. Having to pay taxes to a bad government is terrible. But it doesn't stop them. It doesn't stop them from living life in the way that God wants them to. Living life, as Jesus described it, to the fullest. Having to pay taxes to Caesar wasn't going to stop them from being able to offer themselves as living sacrifices to God in whose image they were created. He was proving that. He was paying taxes. You remember how he paid taxes one time? Told, told one of his fishermen disciples to go catch a fish. Bring the fish here, open his mouth. Brings out the money out of the mouth and puts it in the, in the depository. He, God's going to take care of us. God's going to provide for us. Let's just make sure that we're using what he wants for him. And what he wants is you and me, us. Everything that we are, all that we are. Living sacrifices remembering we are not our own. We're made by Almighty God in His image to live our lives according to that image. As Mark mentioned this morning in in his introduction of Luke, talking about the song that we had just sung, when we see Jesus, as we're doing now in Mark chapter 12, when we see Jesus, we see God. We see, that we see what, this, what this life is supposed to look like by seeing what Jesus did. He didn't cower from these men who were trying to, trying to twist his words. He, he didn't back down. He, didn't, he wasn't afraid of these guys. He made them. As smart as they were, he invented what they knew. He had nothing to fear from them, and neither do we. They couldn't stop him from doing his ministry. No one can stop us from doing our ministry. Nothing can stop us from doing our ministry. The good days, the bad days. The good seasons, the bad seasons. We can still offer our bodies as living sacrifices before him, ready to serve him with what he's given us, the talents and abilities that we have, our knowledge of his word, That's why the Apostle Paul continued in that passage to say, hey, continue to renew your minds. Remember, your minds are still tainted by that old sin nature. 
you've listened to a lot of garbage in your life, a lot of a lot of misstatements, a lot of false statements. You got a lot of junk up there that doesn't belong. You need to renew your mind. Look at what God says. Let His Word renew your mind and transform you into the man or woman that you're supposed to be in the image of God, living for His glory. And so the challenge for us is to not get caught up in the greed of this world that was represented by their desire not to pay taxes. Don't worry about that, he said. Pay it. You give to God what is God's. And again, some of them were thinking, well, I don't know what he's, know what he's talking about, but others were thinking, wait a minute. Whose image is this? In his image, he created them male and female. And they had to make a decision like we have to make a decision. Am I going to live my life for him? Am I going to offer myself to him to live my life for his glory? Well, if you decide you want to do that, first make sure that you can. Make sure that you have received his gift of eternal life through the power of the Holy Spirit in your life by asking Jesus, the very one who who makes this statement, by asking him to forgive you of your sins and to change your life. He does that for everyone who asks. Everyone who believes that he is able to forgive us of our sins because of who he is and what he did for us. And remember, the kids described it beautifully again this morning. And I know I don't even have to do this. If you just listen to them every morning, you'll get what you need. And they said it very clearly. They're praising God that Jesus died on the cross for their sins. We look at this cross, we say, thank you, God for doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. We deserve to be on that cross. We deserve to die for our sins. The Bible says it very clearly. It's a law of God. The wages of sin is death. What we deserve for our sins is to die. Jesus took our death upon himself. He was paid our wages so that we wouldn't have to receive that judgment. And if you believe that, put your trust in him. Become his child, and then you can start offering your life as a living sacrifice. Your body, your mind, all of who you are, you can start to offer yourself to him and let him do something great with your life. Who knows what he's going to do through a group of people like us who would offer ourselves as living sacrifices to him. Recognizing every day that we are on mission for him. Luke shared a great story of mission with us this morning. And that story is not over yet. They planted lots of seeds. Some of them already received Christ. Some of them are still thinking about it. Some of them will come, that'll come back around and they'll receive Christ and somebody else is going to receive Christ because of them and then others because of them. And on and on it's going to go. That story is not near over. Near is the story of, our, of, of those who shared last week about going, to, about going to England. That story is not over. Maddie's story that from, from Ireland and now in England, that's not over yet. 
and on and on and on it goes. Richard and Rebecca in South Africa, the messages they're bringing, the, the teaching they're doing, that, that's going to go on and on and on and on. We don't know what God is going to do through us. We just offer ourselves to him, recognizing his ownership of us. We're made in his image. We belong to him. He made us. He saved us through Christ. And now he gives us the opportunity to offer to God what is God's. Yes, pay your taxes. But offer to God what is God's and see what he will do. Let's bow together for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we would love to have our taxes canceled. children of Israel were were hoping for that. They were hoping that was going to be one of the benefits of the coming of the Messiah. But instead, Father, they and we have found out something even better than not paying taxes. We have found life no matter what we have to pay. No matter what we have to do. We have found life in Jesus Christ. We have found the redemption of these broken, soiled bodies. And we have found that by your work in our lives that we can offer ourselves to you and you will use us for your glory. In the Dominican Republic and in Colombia and Venezuela and in Ireland and in England, And in our neighborhood, in our office building, in our school, on our team, we offer ourselves to you that you might use us made in your image to shine brightly for you that others also might find out how to be free from sin and guilt and shame and how to live victorious lives no matter what our circumstances because you have redeemed and restored your image in us through Jesus Christ and the power of your Holy Spirit. We praise you for that and we pray that you would help us to continually submit to your leadership in our lives and to remember to offer ourselves to you and to trust you with every aspect of our lives, with all of our needs, that you might be glorified in us. Father, we pray for those who are still grappling with giving up their lives to you, their maker. They're still grappling with agreeing with your word that Jesus is enough for them. Help them to come to their senses. Help them by faith and great wisdom to put their trust in Jesus alone because he has announced, he has let us know by his actions and by his words that he alone can save. 
He alone can forgive. He alone has the gift of eternal life to give to all who believe. Give them that courage, that wisdom, that faith today. In Jesus' name, amen.